Tonight, we're going to dive into a passage of scripture that spoke to me on Sunday. Um, and I want to jump right into it. It's going to be Hebrews chapter 4. We're going all the way to the last few passages of Hebrews chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 14, and then we're going to discuss it. So, Hebrews chapter 4, starting in verse 14. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, talking about him being the high priest, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. Jesus can't relate to sinning with you, but he can understand the struggle of everything. That's what makes him so significant. That is what makes him a great high priest, is not his ability to just relate where you're at, but to relate and actually not sin, so he can give you the ticket on how to overcome it. He's a great high priest. Verse 16, so all of that saying, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. So these three passages are talking about Christ being the ultimate high priest and why is he the high priest, the greatest high priest, is because he lived in every single temptation possible, yet he did not sin. And because of that, the third verse says, now we can come boldly to his throne of grace when we need it the most. So tonight's title is, I think it's Christ our high priest. I'm pretty sure, yeah, Christ our high priest. We're going to go by all three verses and check them out so that I can give you more of a bigger understanding. So these key verses conclude in an exhortation beginning actually in chapter 3 and introduced a lengthy treatment of Jesus' role as high priest. Um, a lot of people in this culture, have, we all have different priests or different pastors or, or whatever. And like, for example, you would consider me a youth pastor. You would consider Pastor Brandon the senior pastor. You would consider um, uh, Pastor Kelly the, I think he's like the associate pastor. So you, you have different positions and different people doing those different things. But the funny thing is, is that being a, being a priest of the Lord, is a very daunting task. It's a very daunting situation. For you to, every day, hear from God to speak to the people, like not faking it, like something literally God downloads in you to give to someone, while at the same time being there for people that need it and like, for ex- like, literally, we do a fraction of what Jesus does as ministers. Or you as a believer do also a fraction of what Jesus does. So the position as a pastor or a priest or a, a leader in the spiritual sense is a very intense responsibility because you're dealing with people's mentalities, emotions, spirituality, you're dealing with a lot of stuff as a minister. 
But the coolest thing about Jesus is that because he is the greatest high priest, he can relate to you more than I ever could. And this is where a lot of times in other religions, especially even in the Catholic Church that get it, mistreat or mis, uh, taking it out of context, thinking that I can just go to a priest and confess my sin and I'm okay. And I, and, and I can just tell them that. The funny thing is, is that about a priest is that you're not supposed to just only go to that person and confess your sin. The Bible says you confess your sin to one another and you will be healed. But nowhere does it say, confess your sin to one another and you shall receive salvation. Nowhere in scripture does it say, confess your sin to, some, to a person and your salvation is secure. Only Je- Jesus said it in scripture. He is the only way to heaven. He said, nobody can go to the father except through me. That's very clear. Very understanding in scripture. Jesus makes it very plain that he's the only way. So there's a lot of people, and not just even priests, but just even people in general, that we might go to before we go to Christ to talk about an issue that we might need. But in that last part of the passage, he says in, in verse 16, there we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most, not when we've gone every other route and then went to him, when we need it the most. Does that make sense? To go to him when you need it the exact most. Here's what I've had to learn in my life. I've had to learn that Jesus is the ultimate priority to go to first. Right? I have to go to him first before I could ever go to anyone else. Why? Well, number one, obviously, because it's the right thing to do because scripture tells us to do that. But another reason is because You could get 15 different reactions from somebody else and get a different result every single time, but Jesus' result is always the same. You might get different opinions, different assumptions. People can give you advice, but God actually guides your life. That's the big difference of trying to just go to everybody else or a priest or somebody besides Christ. That's why he is the high priest. He's the only one that can guide your life. He's the only one that genuinely knows where your life should pin at. So when we just rely on everybody else, when we just rely on going to everybody else, it causes a bad ripple effect because we didn't go to him first. So we go up to him and we're like, Lord, I've, I've talked with everyone. I've, I've tried everything. Like, what do I do? He's like, I could have I saved you some time. I could have saved you the weight because I know how to guide your life. Jesus knows how to guide your life because he has been tempted and struggled in every type of context that you have. I can counsel you. I can walk you through certain stuff. People can, pastors and friends can walk you through stuff that are very, very, very good in the Christian culture, but they can't guide your life. Matter of fact, they might be guiding you in a sense that isn't even Christ. It's not even in the concept of where you're supposed to go. So going to Christ first is a priority because he is the high priest. To go to someone and to get a clear conscience about something. I remember one time uh, somebody had told me that her friend 
she's Catholic, she goes to a Catholic church, and she would say that we go to a priest to gain a clear conscience for us to remember that we are saved, that, that, I, that I have salvation. But the funny thing is, is that like people like David, people like Paul, people who didn't have people with them, like example, Paul was in prison for years, was tormented in prison for years. He didn't have no priest. He didn't have anyone with him. David was in the desert for a couple of years running from Saul, running from being killed from Saul and his armies. He had no friends with him. He had nobody with him. And what did he do? He went to the Lord. Not because he was his only option, but because he knew he was the best option. See, Jesus is the ultimate priority of who to go to first. I've had to catch myself a couple times and say, okay, is this worth, is this person in this moment worth going to at this time or is it Christ? It's going to be Christ. If you know him, you will go to him. If you know who Jesus is, I'm making it very clear. If you know who Jesus is, you will go to him first. I'm not saying you're always going to do that. But what I'm saying is, is that you have to create that spiritual muscle to go to Christ first because he is the high priest. He's the ultimate person that you can get counseled from. Whether it's in prayer, whether it's in the scriptures, whether it's in, it's in your own personal time with him, you have plenty of options with Christ to go to first to get that need met when you need it the most. But when we go to other people and get 15 other opinions first, it causes this issue and we're so confused and distraught of what we're going to pick. Because with that, you have options. Jesus doesn't give you options. He gives you one narrow path. He knows where you need to go. So when you look at him first, I've done this every time. I always go to Christ first and then I usually talk to people that I trust and counsel with. Every time. Every time. Because it's still good to get counsel from somebody else. Because obviously you can't see God. And obviously for a lot of us, we can't hear him. Whether uh, we can hear him in the scripture, maybe we can, we can hear him from the heart, but we can't audibly hear the voice of God sometimes. So you have to, some, a lot of the times, go to someone to have that conversation that is well-standard and in a place of spiritual, at a spiritual level where they can teach you and calm you, and give you wisdom and truth. You can do that. That's what you're supposed to do. The Bible says to seek counsel. But if you're seeking counsel everywhere else besides him, that becomes an issue. That becomes a problem. Because it's saying, now let me, read it, let me, let me, let me make this very clear. That doesn't mean you can't go to therapy. It doesn't mean you can't, you can't go to these things that are meant for help. I believe God has made therapy and counseling for a reason. But if you're at a level, because eventually it's not going to be that that changes you. It's not going to be this person that changes you. It's ultimately at the end, Jesus, the high priest, that's going to change you. Verse 14. So then since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This verse effectively summarizes the whole message and the challenge of Hebrews. 
And the high priesthood of Jesus, the Son of God, is the basis for endurance in the Christian faith. A great high priest, for example, Israel's high priest, was the main leader in the worship of God or the house of God, the temple of God. And the primary mediator between God and the people. So what's funny is that Jesus becomes the high priest because he says, I'm the only way to the Father. I'm the only way to to God. Nobody else can get you there but me. So he is saying he's the ultimate high priest. That's what a priest was back in the day. That's what a priest is right now in Israel. If you go to Israel, that's that's what it is over there. They have rabbis that teach the word. And you have priests that are standing in the gap for them and God. But Jesus became that so that even the Gentiles, us, would receive that same truth, that same access. They are usually the main leaders. Where it says in the scripture, where it says, who has entered heaven. The earthly high priest entered God's presence in the most holy place once a year on the day of atonement. So if you do a little bit of history on this, there would be a priest that would go for the Day of Atonement. He would go into the temple, and there's a bunch of layers. In I would have to show you a picture, but there's a huge layer in the, in the things of the temple. And he would go all the way into the veil. There's a veil where the presence of God was there. I think it was the Ark of the Covenant. And they would have to, they would have to literally um, wrap rope around his waist and have someone pull him out in case he died because the presence of God was so powerful for a mere human being, that they could not take it, they would eventually just die. So the presence of God is so powerful, even a, even a priest who has a great standard can't even enter it. Can't even enter it. So even a person who has a great standard, who has a great life, who has whatever, couldn't even step a toe into the presence of God. Barely. But that's why Jesus had to become the high priest, so that we can all have access to him have access to who he is, to have access to what what he teaches and what he stands for. You understand? You have to really grasp why he is the high priest. You have to really grasp why he is who he is. And if you don't look at that, I'm literally telling you to go do that for yourself. You can't just rely on a priest or another priest or a pastor to literally console you, I was telling, I think I was telling Stephen or somebody uh, last week that there's a statistic that if a person went to church every single Sunday and heard one message once a week on a pastor who would preach the scripture, that person would only get, I think it would, they only get about maybe 25 to 30% of what the scripture teaches. And, I, and, and, and understand this, in a span of a whole life, not just in a couple of months. Scripture is meant to be dived in by you. Not just by me giving you a couple of passages. This is just a fraction of Scripture. This is just a fraction of the Word of God that you got to find for yourself. So the, the goal is, is that I'm teaching you something that I studied. You probably did not study this this week. I did. I heard from God got the scripture down, and I'm giving it to you. But there are going to be scriptures that you might not know. What if, you, what if I, I read you 14 to 16, but you're like, man, what, did, what does verse 13 say? 
I mentioned chapter 3. What's in chapter 3? I don't even know what chapter 3 is. Probably not me either. I didn't really look back. But what I'm saying is, is that you have to learn to search the scriptures for yourself and get counsel on it. Maybe you have a question about the scripture. What does this mean? What does that mean? And you have ministers that can ask that, but you can't rely on them to read the Bible for you. You have to internally take that in. Same thing I talked about last week with thirsting the presence of God. You cannot rely on somebody else to get you into the presence of God. David had nothing. David was in the desert. He had no friends. He was surrounded by enemies. He had no one with him. But scripture says he sought the Lord in the desert. So you have to learn to seek it for yourself because there's going to be times where no one will for you. And the goal is for you as a free will person, all of you can make a decision to deny Christ or follow Christ. You have that decision. It's not your parents' decision. It's not your best friend's decision. It's your decision because you have a conscience and a free will. So that means that you have every opportunity to accept Jesus or deny him because you have that choice. Nobody else has that choice for you. Man, I want to be like so-and-so. They're such a good Christian. You can't base your, almost like your, your, your faith in that person's standard. You have to face it in what God is showing you, what God is revealing to you. You have every choice with your conscience, because all you in here, I don't care if you've been called an idiot in your life, you are a very intelligent human being. You have a conscience and a free will, and you have every opportunity to receive Christ. So don't just come on a Wednesday and just do the same routine. Go back home and get into the scriptures yourself. And dive into it and find something that God is speaking to you. You will not always find it on a Wednesday night or a Sunday. A lot of the times, you're going to have to find it in the scriptures. By yourself, reading the word. Reading the scriptures. That's why Christ being the high priest is so important. Because he's willing to speak to you through all of this. This thing is a counsel. The scriptures are counseling. That's what high priests were. Where it says, let's look at this uh, still in verse 14. Let us hold firmly to what we believe. Where it says, let us hold firmly. An enduring commitment to active belief and allegiance to Jesus. You have a free will, but you now have to make the decision. Are you going to pledge allegiance to Jesus and take that stand for him and follow him, surrender your life to him? Or are you just going to step one foot in and one foot out? The Bible says people who, who say they are a believer, but they live in constant separation from the Lord. They don't talk to him. They live in sin. Those people are liars. They're lying to themselves. A real believer happens when the fruit is the evidence. The evidence is the fruit. What does that mean? The actment of the, 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 the acting of the salvation. The acting of the salvation. This does not mean you have to be in complete perfection because if you were, that's scary. You're either a robot or Jesus himself if you are that perfect. But the issue is a lot of times is that we give an excuse to the I'm not perfect mentality and growth can't happen. I've talked about this before, being a self-examined person. You have to examine yourself. It takes, 
it takes a lot in your, not just your spiritual man, but your physical man, your physical body, a lot of the times to self-examine yourself. And Christ, that high priest, is going to help you. You have to learn to pledge your allegiance to him. He's the greatest high priest. Let's jump to verse 15. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. Now, it's explaining why he's a high priest. It's explaining why he is who he is. He faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. Our high priest understands our weaknesses, our human pull towards sin, because he faced all the testings we do. He was tempted with all the essential aspects of sin, such as lust, greed, unforgiveness, and dishonesty. This makes him compassionate as our high priest, yet he did not sin. Because the fact of the matter is, is he can relate to you, but if he had sinned, he could not be the spotless lamb and go to the cross and pay for your sin. If he had sinned, we would not be, we would not have a a great future. We would not be even living in an eternity with him. We would be fully separated from him. So the beauty of who he is is that he can relate to you, but he has not committed those acts. That's what separates him from us in a way, but he can still come down and relate to that because he took on human form, but he was still fully God. That's the power of who Jesus is, our great high priest, is I can go to him first and see the result of my needs being met when it needs it the most. Having my met's need, having that place met. If I'm constantly going to other people, it is going to be a rough roller coaster for me. I hate this thing. It's a rough roller coaster for you. Because you're relying on a human reaction when you should be relying on the high priest. When you should be relying on someone who genuinely sees you, where you're at, what's going on. And you have to walk in that. You have to walk in Christ. You have to walk in who he is. He is our great high priest. Verse 16. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. The verb translated, let us come, could be translated to indicate ongoing action. Let us continually come to the throne of grace. Our compassionate high priest Jesus has opened the way for people to enter God's presence boldly where we can obtain his mercy and grace to help us when we needed the most. You right now have every single opportunity and access to access him. You have every moment of every day to access the presence of God. You have every moment and every access because there's going to be times where people won't meet that. There's going to be a moment in time where there's going to be people who will not be in your corner and you're going to need Jesus for that. But the question is that why not have that now? Why not have that in this moment at this very time? 
I could be preaching to you and you could be talking to Jesus. Jesus, I need help. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need your sound counsel. I need your warmth. I need your presence. I need your touch. All of us could be getting into that phase of being in the presence of God, him being the high priest. But the issue is, is that we are not fully grasping what he can actually do. A lot of us haven't truly experienced the high priest. We have not truly experienced being in his presence and actually going to him first. What, but what blows my mind is that a lot of people have experienced the presence of God and in a moment of conflict, they do not go to him. Here's what bothers me about that. We're so focused on feeling his presence, but never seeking his counsel. We are so focused on getting into his presence, getting a, a, a peace high, and never truly seeking counsel when conflict arises. Or when something happens and we need the help when we need it the most. We have lost that touch from the Lord. Because a real relationship is, if I love his presence, if I love spending time with him, why wouldn't I talk to him about stuff? If I love being with him, why don't I tell him? Why would I not tell him? I don't know. Maybe you hate feeling like you're talking to a wall. Maybe you hate feeling like you're talking to yourself and if somebody walks in, they think you have a magical friend named Debbie and you're just like, just talking away and you're like, who are they talking to? But the powerful thing of who Jesus is is that in the moments of him chatting with you, are you chatting with him, seeking the counsel when you needed it the most? you have a better experience through him than the 15 reactions that you grab from. There's a lot of people, some of us in here could, some of us in here go to a lot of people, some of us don't go to anyone. Both parties need to go to Jesus regardless. Both parties need to go to Christ because he has, he guides your life. You understand what I'm saying? He guides your life. Other people can give you advice, but they can't guide your life. Only Christ can guide, can guide your life. So you have to start learning why he's the high priest. Why? Because he died, relates to everything that you've been through, yet he did not sin. So because he did not sin, it makes him the high priest, which means I can go to God's throne without feeling shame or regret, because to be honest in this room, if Jesus didn't do what he did on that cross, a lot of us couldn't even step a toe in the presence of the Lord, in the throne of grace. None of us could. None of you could. I couldn't. Without Christ being the high priest, we couldn't even have access. Not just because of shame and guilt, we would literally die we would literally decease if we tried to step into the presence of God or try to step into the throne of grace. But because Christ did what he did, relates to us, yet he did not sin, he can, we can now have access to the Lord 
just like a regular priest, but Christ does it very different. We can access him without having to go to someone. You see what I'm saying? You can go to him without having to go to someone. I'm glad I didn't live in the Old Testament or the New Testament because, or, or before Christ had died because a lot of people had to go to priests. Even for some religions, they have to go to a priest to get a clear conscience. If you have faith and you have the Holy Spirit, your conscience is already clear. You don't have to jump to a priest to ask him, I have a confession to make. Your confession was buried and pinned at the cross. Your sin that you have repented for is on that thing. Not this exact one. I don't have, it's not a replica. But that thing, that cross that Jesus died on, that's where your sin lies. That's where your sin is, is kept. So for you, you need to learn to go to the high priest, which is Jesus. Jesus is your ultimate place of safety and clarity. Nobody, nobody has a clearer conscience than Jesus himself. Nobody has a greater understanding of wisdom, yet empathy, than Jesus. No one has more of a, the best words to say besides Jesus. So my challenge for you tonight Knowing, now that you know that he is the high priest, Hebrews chapter four, you know he is the high priest. This is what you're gonna have to do now. You're gonna have to train your spirit to go to him first and not always jump to different opinions and reactions of other people. That comes after. That comes after the fact. The goal is to create that relationship with Christ so that he is the ultimate source because there are some amazing people out there who have the worst advice. So now you have to learn to go back to Christ and go to him first before anyone else. My second point is that you should have confidence and feel safe enough to not feel shame because he empathizes with you because he went through the same stuff that you did yet did not sin. It's not a bragging point on Jesus' part. He's not saying, I'm better than you. He pretty much is. But he is saying, I understand why. This is what I mean by God being sincere from last week. He knows and understands why. So you can talk to him and he already sees it. He already knows. Not everyone in this room understands what you're going through. But Jesus ultimately does. That's why it says in the scripture that he knew every single weakness, everything else, yet he did not sin. So now he can walk you through it. It's hard to walk with someone who has, done, who has not just struggled with the same stuff, but has done the same acts as you. It's very difficult to follow that type of person. That's what makes Jesus great. Because he is the one that did it perfectly so that we can, so that he can relate to us while finishing the mission of the cross. So you can now go to Jesus with full confidence without shame. And that's why we can go boldly, the last verse, go boldly to his throne. 
We can go boldly to Christ because Jesus being the high priest, a priest naturally intercedes for the people. A priest in scripture intercedes for the people. Christ intercedes for you to when you go to the throne where God is, you are now being just and you are forgiven. And he understands. The throne of grace is for you when you need it the most. It's kind of funny. I love how it says that. It's not just like, it's for you every single day. And it is. The, the throne of grace is for you every single day. But I love it when it says when you need it the most. That means when you're at your ugliest moment in your life. That's what that scripture means. When it says you need it the most, think of a moment where you need something the most. Something in a relationship, something in a friendship, something in your life that is constantly declining and you need something the most. That's what the throne of grace is for. Believe it or not, that's what the grace, the throne of grace is for. So your decision tonight is to either choose others to be, be, to be your priest or to allow Christ to be your high priest. Because he's not just a, a high priest. He's the high priest. He's the only one that can give you access to God and he's the only one that can truly guide your life and give you not just a successful life, but to give you a life of purpose and meaning and for you to stay in step with the spirit, for you to be connected with him, for you to be solely with him. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, As we close tonight, I want you to know this very thing. That he is in every moment of every day with you. One of the things that I almost wanted to do tonight, even before preaching, maybe just giving a little bit more of a nugget, was I wanted us to stay in this moment where we would sit down, close our eyes, and actually engage with the high priest. Obviously, we don't have a lot of time. But we're still going to have that moment. So just keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. Engage with the Lord right now. And what you're going to do, what you're going to do in this moment is you're going to meet him. Because he's waiting on you. You've been ignoring him for a hot minute and he's just waiting on you. He's just waiting on you to talk to him. He's just waiting on you to to speak to him. This is a very simple message, yet it's, a, it's, it's timeless because we forget that we can go to Christ. A lot of the times we forget that we can jump to the one who knows us and can meet us when we need it the most. So just in this moment, I want you, I want you to talk to Jesus from the thing, three things we just talked about. Talk to him knowing he's the high priest. That's number one. Talk to him knowing that he has dealt with every temptation and every issue that you have faced. Remember that. Remember number two while you talk to him. And thirdly, you can go boldly to his throne, not in arrogance, but in confidence that he is willing and just to forgive and redeem you. If you remember those three things, 
going to his throne will be a lot easier for your soul because some of us in here are scared. I just gave you three confidences. I just gave you three reasons that you can easily walk up to Jesus, easily walk up in prayer, easily talk to him and say, Lord, I need you. When it also says I need it when you need it the most, that's when nobody else is around, when nobody's in your corner, when you have nothing in your life, when you're like David in the desert and you have no one, you have Jesus, you have Christ. So in this moment, remember those three things I just told you as you're talking to him in this moment. Just engage with Jesus. And when you feel doubtful about talking to him, like does he even hear me? Remember those three things. He's the great high priest, which means he understands my struggle. And I can come boldly to the throne of grace. That should ease your conscience a lot greater than any person you can walk up to. So just have the conversation with him. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. I need your presence. I need your help. You you don't even need to articulate it to the Lord. He knows exactly what you're going through. You just have to save it, save it, say it with the plain words. Lord, I need you. Lord, I can't do this anymore. Lord, I can't handle this anymore. Lord, thinking about this hurts my brain. Lord, thinking about this causes so much anxiety. Lord, thinking about this just causes so much pain in my heart. I'm just giving you examples. I don't know what you're going through. I'm just giving you examples. Lord, I feel rejected. It might not be rejection, but Lord, that's how it feels. I need your help. Just talk to him. Lord, I feel abandoned. I feel separated from others. I feel isolated from others. I feel like I have friends, but then I don't feel like I have friends. I need your help. Make it simple to him. He knows exactly what's going on in your life and in your head. So you're not hiding anything from him. Don't sugarcoat it to Jesus. He's the most blunt person in the world. So you need to be honest and blunt with him. Lord, I did this again. I need your help. Lord, I keep going into this same place, in this same situation, with this same person, falling into this sin over and over and over and over. Lord, I need you. I need you, high priest. I come boldly to the throne of grace. Your word says that we can come to you when we need it the most. And Lord, we are at, some of us are at our lowest point and we need you. We need you. 
your help, even from the examples that I just mentioned, or from everyone's personal saying, Lord, we need you. We know that you know all things and that you can help all things in your timing. Even if something is quick or something feels like an eternity, Lord, let us trust in you.
we would never forget those three things, that you are the high priest, that you relate to us because you dealt with every single temptation and issue that we have, yet you did not sin. So now we can come boldly to the throne of grace when we need it the most. I pray that we would remember who you are as the high priest. I remember we would remember that you do relate to us, that we are not, we, what we're going through is not foreign to you. And also pray that, Lord, we can come to your throne boldly. I pray that that would give clarity to some of us in this room who are dealing with shame to walk up and ask you, Amen. Mm-hmm.